We're back. Another episode. Here we are, The Hungry Diner Show. We are now on episode eight. I am Mick, your host, The Hungry Diner. was me singing along to the jingle. Hope you're all well, guys. Hope everyone's eating well and treating themselves well. Hope you're all being good to each other in this crazy, crazy time and year of 2020. Uh, I'm Mick, the host of The Hungry Diner Show, the founder of the PR and hospitality marketing agency, Hungry Diner. Um, on this episode, episode eight, I sit with Isaac. Isaac, well, as you would know on the gram, if you're a foodie or you like burgers, this is Sir Eats A Lot. I'm talking Isaac on just his personal Instagram account alone has 195,000 followers. He is the man behind Chew Crew Media, some of the most delicious foodie content out there. If you do not know who this man is, you have been living under a rock. Um, uh, Isaac and I sit down in one of his clients' venues in Neutral Bay, the Wing Mill, which is an amazing American-inspired burger and wings and beers and just amazing, amazing smash patty venue. We sat in the venue um, as the venue was open and we just talked food. We talked about when Isaac and I first interacted two years ago when I started on the Instagram scene at the birth of Hungry Diner. We talk about the birth of Sir Eats A Lot, how social media has changed Isaac's life, how, how a simple burger post that he did was the way he met his wife, Sammy, and now they're growing family with Teddy, his love for American style cuisine, um, you know, his time in competitive eating, his social media agency, the True Crew, our thoughts on social media for venues and growing brands. Um, we talk about his creativity for those delicious photos, his thoughts on buying followers and likes. That's a controversial part. And fake engagement with all the rest. It was an honor to chat with Isaac. I have a lot of respect for him. Um, and, you know, it was only due time that him and I sat down and uh, and had a chat together after two years. So enjoy the episode. If you do like this, please leave a review uh, or subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Enjoy. Okay, so I am at the Wingmill in Neutral Bay with my man. Well, actually, not my man. We met the first time 20 minutes ago with Isaac for from Sir Isaac. Oh, sorry, Sir Eats A Lot. Yeah, thanks, me. Now, um, here's, your, here's your welcome. You ready for it? Here's oh. like the intro. So, um, Sir Eats A Lot, or Isaac, has 194,000 Instagram followers, has done over 4,097 posts. I celebrated my 500th post oh. <laughs> the other day. So, it shows you how far behind I am. Uh, he's also the founder of Chukru Media. Um, would you say retired competitive eater? Yeah, certainly. Yeah. yeah. Retired competitive eater. He's a husband, a father. Now, in his words, he's a burger Mogul, oh, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, definitely a heavyweight in the foodie scene. Um, you're also, uh, was it pastry chef? Yeah, yeah, chocolatier. Chocolatier, a chocolatier. Um, mate, thank you so much for joining. No, nah, pleasure, bro. Thanks for having me. Um, I guess uh, right off the bat, and I, I told you I don't really care, and I'm very honest. Yeah. Uh, I want to put the, um, what do you call it, the elephant in the room straight on the table. Go for it. The first time I decided to become a foodie. 12 inches. <laughs> Around. <laughs> Sorry, continue. 
That was the one thing you said not to bring up. <coughs> I'm talking about your penis. What's the size mine. of your burger? <coughs> um, so the first time I decided to become an Instagram foodie, what I did was what a lot of people do is I changed my personal page to a foodie page. Yeah. Changed my name to a foodie name. After about 50 different foodie names, it's like Hungry Diners Australia, Restaurant Bookings, just all these ridiculous cheesy names. Came up with a name. First thing I did was who are Sydney foodies I've got to follow. I was like, obviously, I'm trying to see who's done the most posts. I look for burger hashtags. I look for Simon food. food favorites. I swear to God, has done like 50 million posts. It's nonstop. It's it, nonstop. The OG. But he also does um, Sydney the Sydney burger. Uh, sorry, Sydney blogger Facebook page. Yeah, yeah. They got like 8,000 members or something. He's got. He's been. He's been around for. I saw him this morning. He got a coffee. Oh, Shout really? out to Simon. How you doing, brother? Where was the venue? Cavalier. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Cavalier. I took a sneaky candid shot so I could put it in Sydney Food Bloggers later today and be like, who's this guy? <laughs> Did you? Does he know you saw him? No. <laughs> Savage, right? I like Simon. I like, yeah. I've got to bring him back to one of my venues. He came to an event and um, it was just one of those things. There was too many people there. He didn't really get to try the food. And I was like, uh. can you please um, leave a review? He's like, I can't, mate. I didn't have enough food. I was like, <laughs> I appreciate your honesty. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get him back. Um, now back to the, the elef- elephant. Elephant. Yeah. So I've started following foodies, and I'm like, okay, how do I grow my Instagram following? I think I had 200 at the time. Well done. And then I got some advice from other foodies. I started following you. I started following a few other foodies. Started doing my food, few first like kind of restaurant posts. I think I did a shot of like Anthony Bourdain. I'm like, Ooh. this is how you respond to Google reviews. I had no identity. I'm like, yeah. what am I doing? I got some advice from another foodie. Like, dude, like no one's following me. I'm following them, and they're not following back. And this person told me, buy some followers. So here on the Hungry Diner Podcast, in front Exclusive. of Isaac, the one man you don't want to be telling us to, I'm saying, I actually bought some followers to actually build up some, uh, build up my following. I bought um, 1,500 followers two years ago. And after I did it, you know when you make a decision and you go, oh, fuck, I can't take that back. Yeah. I actually DM'd Isaac <laughs> and said, dude, I need your advice. You actually replied, shoot. Yeah. And I said, I've bought some followers. What do I do? And you said, nada, zip, nothing. You got to wait for them to wane off. Yeah. Ever since then, I've been very open to people about that. So those that don't know and hear me about organic followers and ranting about uh, engagement and um, doing the right thing, like, you know, I want to admit my mistake and, and mistake and be honest and tell you guys, it has been something that has haunted yeah. me for ages and we were talking about this before we started recording right yeah 100% I said to Isaac like you know how do I get that kind of that mistake and you're like as you say it's like um, uh, who's the bike rider that did the oh, uh, no, not Cadell Evans um, uh, Lance Armstrong Lance, Lance, yeah. I was saying Neil Armstrong <laughs> Lance Armstrong like we'll always be known right yeah at the same time we're in the foodie world we have a pretty small tight knit community but it's important who we interact with how we engage so um, that was mine and Isaac's first intro, kind of introduction or I guess uh, conversations yeah, of course. but we haven't met until today yeah. we have very different businesses we have a very different audience um, I would say I'm more of the night time yeah yeah, you're a night owl I'm the night owl yeah I'm and a daytime photographer daytime <laughs> photographer and more and more but mate um, thanks for coming on today um, really appreciate your time uh, we're sitting in one of your clients venues the wing mill here in Usual Bay yeah um, really surprising that they serve the most delicious fucking smash patty burgers oh, ever mate. and you can hack these burgers like crazy which I'm gonna do after this let's do it um, now I guess mate let's just go back to a little bit so first off you kind of touched on it before, but what's your relationship with your phone like? <laughs> Which one? Um, 
I don't know if there's a, a word that would describe my harem of phones more accurately, but I have seven of them. You have um, seven phones. Seven phones. Uh, one, no, two that take phone calls. So I'm not, you know, like a drug dealer because they clearly have <laughs> all SIM cards. But it's just a, a necessary evil. I, I was explaining before, I don't use computers. I don't use desktop. Uh, social media constraints as such. And just, I think trying to always, you know, if you want to be the best at anything, you've always got to get you know, good produce or good equipment or better equipment. Yeah. And so the tech upgrades so quickly, like uh, yeah. a phone doesn't wear out in the 12 months before new tech comes out. So there's yeah. no point getting rid of an old one when it's still useful, yeah. but you always want the new toy. I, I, two things I love about that. Number one is um, that you, you said it before we started recording as well, that you don't have a desktop. No. You don't have an office. There is a method to everyone's madness and the results speak, speak for themselves. Like it's yeah, obviously yeah. working how you do it. Thank you. Um, the second thing is exactly right about the tech. Here I'm sitting in a fucking restaurant in the middle of the day. There's yeah. people coming in and out of the door as we've got construction with this big ass expensive microphone and this, this, um, this board here, which cost me an arm and a leg. And I just started going, fuck, what have I done? So yeah. that microphone you're holding <laughs> and that headphone, they're a lot cheaper because I'm like, I've got to start saving oh, some fucking so money. So I get, I get the cheap shit and you get the A-grade <laughs> stuff. I see how it is. <clears throat> well, you are the talent. It should be the other way around. No. But I just started going, okay, I've got to stop breaking out all this technical stuff. So I'm yeah. like, I'm going to run my phone into the ground until it's done and 100%. then I'll get, I'll get something else. Um, mate, a few things I want to talk to you. You're the founder of Two Crew Media. Um, you know, a, a lot of venues rely on your services to help build their brands. Uh, create engagement, get people excited about food, go into the venues. You're also a family man. So I want to start with you, buddy. Like, t tell me about tell me about your growing family. Um, the two kind of go hand in hand. Like, I was working as a chef in kitchens and it was because of family that I really, like, started the media business out of necessity. Yeah. I was, I was uh, not, not that, like, I was time poor, but I just, I needed flexibility in my job so that I could be around family when uh, my son was born and my wife was going through some medical um, situations. Right. So I set it up and when I set it up, it was kind of just like, look, I knew I had a skill set. I knew I could offer value to venues, but like uh, any startup, you know, it started very small. Yeah. And so it's just something that allowed me to balance family life and doing what I like, which is inherently like, it might not be cooking, it might not be book work or anything, but like hospitality in general, that culture, yeah. food, talking to people, learning. Um, I, I don't think it's it's ever like fully completed in hospitality because it's always changing. So um, it, it was a means to an end at a time. And it's just, I've been very fortunate that through success and results and, and reputation, I've been able to sort of capitalize on it and build it and grow it. And so now it's like a profitable thing that I love doing each day. Uh, and, and there's certainly still constraints on, on the balance between, you know, social media never yeah. sleeps. So it's not like a nine to five where I go, I work really hard, I go home and I'm the family man. It's people are messaging social media at seven o'clock at night yeah. or I'm accepting calls from business owners because they're busy during dinner service yeah. and they need That's me to do something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and so it's just, uh, I wouldn't say my wife loves it, but at the same time, it's probably opened more doors than it's closed for yeah. us as a family. Let's unpack that for a bit. So going back, so you, you started off as a chocolatier. Um, how did you meet Sammy, by the way? Through Instagram. Through Instagram. Yep. Nice. So Before Tinder. <laughs> 100%. And like, they, this is a, it's, it's a well-told story that... Uh, was she a foodie, by the way, before? No. So no. She, she, when when we first met, she kind of was the person that hated the other people at the table taking <laughs> photos of her food and waiting. And so she was, I was in Melbourne, she was in Sydney, her current uh, beau or you know the guy she was like seeing at the time tagged her in one of my burger posts 
and it was like uh, it was a, a cheeseburger where I had collaborated with a venue, and so the top bun had been hollowed out, cheese stuffed, panko crumbed, and deep fried. Wow! So the top bun of the burger itself was like this bread roll cheese croquette hybrid. Okay. And she commented back to to her boyfriend at the time and said, "I want this in and around my mouth." And I was, I was like 22, 23, single. I'm in love. <laughs> yeah, in Melbourne. This is like, uh, you know, this hot, exotic looking Filipino girl um, who, who was, you know, like sort of seeing a guy, but at the same time, single and mingling type thing. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, her, open her, her, to yeah, possibilities. Her social media was flooded with like attractive sort of shots. Um, and I kind of, you know, just jumped on it and, you know, cheeky wrote back to her and, and, you know, it went from like the odd comment here and there on, on each other's posts to yeah. messages yeah. to mobile numbers to phone calls yeah. to, and uh, you know, that's... Isaac's got game. Yeah. <laughs> had game, had game. The minute, the minute we put a ring on it, it was done, uh, locked away. A lot, probably a lot of people wouldn't know that, that story, like obviously gets to spend time with you. And then from that, you guys have had a son? Oh, yeah, 100%, bro. So like uh, when, when people, like talking about before social media, like so much of my life... Uh, I owe almost to social media. Like if it yeah. wasn't if it wasn't for Instagram, I would still be in Melbourne making chocolate. Wow. So to fast forward six years and know that I'm in Sydney working in a marketing or a media company with a wife That's and yours. child. That's your and company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 100%. It's like, it's such a, a weird thing to think that like all of it stems back to a burger I posted on Instagram wow. that a random stranger in Sydney commented on. Yeah, thank you, Panko Crumbs. Yes. That's Ch- awesome. And the name of your son is Teddy? Teddy, yeah. Teddy? Not sure for anything, just Teddy William Sanchez. Yeah. Just Teddy. Um, and, th- and so Sammy Eats A Lot is the Instagram. My wife, yeah. The hairs- and then is it does Teddy have a page? Yeah, so he's. Uh, I think he's on as Teddy underscore Eats A Lot as well. Yeah. Uh, but it's it's a private account at the moment, so yeah. you can try and follow, but my <laughs> wife will vet you before it gets anywhere. <laughs> I probably should have asked you before, uh, just putting that live on all on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Oh, no, it's fine. Um, so you were doing chocolates here, and then one day you did the switch. Um, where did Sir Eats a Lot, the name, come from? Oh, so Sir Eats a Lot, uh, like I, I've always had an affinity for like American culture and food. I went on my first high school exchange program, fifteen, through my high school. Yeah. Fell in love with American stuff. I still got a host family in in Buffalo. That shout out to the Bages, like great people. The Bages. And um, so that that was kind of like it kicked off the, yeah. you know, the the love and the the. Uh, What's the? It's not like a, an inquisitive nature, but you know, just I wanted to learn more about American culture. Yeah, yeah. Being in Australia, you know, the the closest things I could really get that American out of, other than like you know, Gordon Gordon Ramsay's British, right? Yeah. Like I couldn't, I can't handle super Americanized. Well, yeah, but still, like, just I can't handle him personally, yeah. and then like I can't handle Guy Fieri, like that's just too much for <laughs> that's me. Too much American. Yeah, that's like whoa. <laughs> um, so I, fe- I like I fell into that like uh, Adam Richman, Man vs Food. Yeah, yeah. You know, supersize me. Anthony type. Bourdain was that was a Tony Bourdain. Too, no, no, too classical. Too classical. Like yeah, too. Yeah. I, I would say almost too sophisticated I for, feel like for where I was at. You're Adam Richman, and I'm Anthony yeah, Bourdain. Yeah, that's probably where we like, fall, either yeah. side of the the linchpin. Yeah. So like, obviously, I, I um, at, at like 16, 17, I, I got into this habit at home where like I would eat really clean. I was almost like uh, in, intermittent fasting or yeah, yeah, right, or whatever. Right. But like, you know, I had no aspirations to be a, a body lift, uh, a body. Right builder or a weightlifter or anything it was just i ate really clean monday to friday yeah and then ate stupid sort of cheap meals saturday sunday yeah and i was doing it and i just did it literally it was my lifestyle for 12 months and i was kind of like i could probably do competitive eating like what i can put away on a friday or a saturday night is like stupid so i got into competitive it's eating like you're almost training yourself accidentally 100 percent. i literally fell into it and like 
the irony of it all is like what I was eating stupid amounts of was like confectionery. So that led into the, the chocolatier job and the competitive eating. Um, and obviously, like, then through competitive eating, it, it's a bit like what you were saying before about your, your foodie name on Instagram. When you get into competitive eating, at, at a certain point in time when you want to be taken seriously as a competitive eater, you need a name. Like Isaac Martin, competitive eater. Yeah. whoop de doo yeah. Um, so, you know, once we got into this little community of other competitive eaters, everyone started developing names and, and some... Uh, chose their name. Some sort of names uh, came from each other. Yeah, like got got put upon them because like of a, a characteristic trait, or something. Yeah. yeah, and so like one thing that was always really common. I, I don't know if you've ever watched competitive eating live or, or like Nathan's hot dog or anything. It's not the prettiest of sports. Yeah. Uh, it's not elegant. It's not classy. And so one thing that was common throughout my entire career of competitive eating was I was like that clean eater. Yeah, I could still do it. But, you know, I didn't come out of it looking like I'd face planted in spaghetti bolognese. Or, yeah. So, like, I always liked, you know, I was a little bit of a gentleman at the table. <laughs> and then I was, like, knights of the round table. Lancelot. Yeah, and then I was, like, Sir Lancelot, Sir Eats a lot. Yeah. And it just kind of, like, the, the Monica Stark, it, it suited my character and, and nature at what I was doing. Yeah. Um, and, and sort of, it, it, you know, it's, I, I would never say I was royalty. Like, I'm not... A king, but like a knight is kind of like something that's bestowed upon a you. gentleman. But don't fuck with me. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> like they're the guys, the badass ones that do the real work when yeah. the king's like sitting up on his throne doing fucking nothing. So um, that's where the name kind of stuck. Uh, I like that. I like that. And, and so it was just from from there. Like obviously, I was like working chocolates Monday to Friday, which is such a controlled, precise. Like yeah. anyone who's worked in pastry or, or home cooking knows how specific things are. And then to be able to like be in such a, a, an uptight, controlled environment and then go out and just be like, oh, yeah, now I'm just going to eat a 20 patty burger. Yeah. And, and just like shackles off, yeah. balls to the wall, just like do it, was kind of a liberation. Um, and, and I think it's one of those things like I, I, I had certain, you know, everyone goes through struggles, difficulties. Yeah. Uh, it, it was something like where I could set myself a short-term goal and achieve it. You know, you finish a, a food challenge, you would have an endorphin rush, uh, this euphoric like sense of accomplishment. And it was easy. Once you get that feeling, that sensation, you want to keep doing it. It almost like masks the pain that's going on in your stomach at the time, depending oh, on what you eat. 100%. It's an yeah. adrenaline rush. Like how much time, um, like I'm just going to go off, off uh, in terms of the competition, how much time would you prep for, like would you say two weeks notice? No, nah, look, I, I was never a big advocate of... Um, short preparation things like I was always kind of like well it's a long term thing like it was it was almost a yeah. lifestyle choice I would wake up every morning and because I was living that lifestyle where like I would eat so clean and so minimalistic like low calorie diet five days a week anyway and then binge eat on the weekends yeah. I would wake up each morning and drink two liters of water first thing. Like, wow. wake up at five thirty. So that would stretch of the water. stomach out, right? It would stretch the stomach. Like, you, you read anything about weight loss, they tell you drink a lot of water first thing in the morning. It flushes your system. It kickstarts your digestion. Blah blah blah. Right, it right. it tricks your brain. You 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 listen to like uh, anyone that's trying to lose weight, like a wrestler or a boxer or a jockey. Yeah. If you're drinking water, it it quells that desire to eat because you feel full yeah but then you just piss it out so like it's it's short-term weight gain mm -hmm. but it stops you from eating so it, it was like one of those things and then just doing that every day like you would constantly have that slightly stretched stomach yeah um and obviously like if it was something really daunting then it, it would be easy to adjust like a two liter drink to a three liter drink it's not like someone who's never drunk uh, a large sum of water to go i'm just going to pick up this four liter bottle of milk and try and drink it yeah, yeah, yeah. um 
So it was more, I think, about the consistency. Then I, I know certain guys that like would do a tapered progress. Where there's a science to it. Some of them take oh, it. Yeah, Others yeah. just go. This is my method. This is my body. This 100%. is how it works. You got to find. It's it's like we we're saying before. I don't work in an office. You prefer an office. Like yeah, yeah. everyone's got their own methodology, and you got to find whatever works for you. I, I think everyone leaves. I think success leaves clues. So you learn yeah. a lot about everyone. I like picking out the best of people, and I like applying that to my life in a way that yeah, makes sense yeah. to me. At versus stealing your secret recipe and then building my own recipe and yeah, saying that's yeah. putting my name on it. That's yeah. my source. Um, but it's also important to give people credit. Like I learned this particular thing from Isaac, or uh, I learned that yeah, yeah. from this particular yeah, venue. Yeah. So I think that's really important. With the um, with the competitive eating stuff, like you would have had access to so much good food content. Oh, 100%. Yeah. So is that when you started switching oh, yeah. from chocolatiering to then becoming a foodie posty page thingamajiggy? Thingamajiggy. Yeah, I just um, rambled. That's verified thingamajiggy. Thank you very much, mate. Um, <laughs> TM. Yeah. No, look, uh, 100%. Like I, my, my Instagram page started off like everyone else's did. Like it was a personal page with yeah. pictures of my puppies and horrible facial hair and my garden bed at home. And I would be posting little creations like finesse of, of chocolates and wow. like characters and figurines and stuff no one gave a shit like yeah. 14 people would like it and I'd get like a repost from a pastry chef page once in a blue moon yeah. and I'd get ecstatic and that was a big deal yeah. I, I remember when I hit like a thousand followers and I was like giving shit to my, my executive pastry chef I was like yeah I'm gonna make it real big yeah yeah <laughs> um, and then like you post one stupid burger like 10 patties not even stupid stupid but just like a 10 patty burger or yeah. like an 8 patty burger they're bigger than average yeah. and like a, a media company picks it up and you get like a thousand followers overnight and you're like oh so like what I've just spent the last 18 months working to achieve I just achieved overnight because I ate a big burger oh is that oh. how easy it is yeah <laughs> oh cool <laughs> let's do that again yeah um, and I like I got on Instagram very early days like everyone right now what year was that what year oh, I reckon like I wouldn't know exactly but I think it started sort of really pushing and taking off like 2015 yeah 2015 so I liken when I got on Instagram to like it is with TikTok right now like I probably got my first 15, 20,000 followers in the first seven months. Wow. And like uh, you were saying before. That's impossible now. Exactly. It's, it's just such, the, the goalposts have moved. It's, it's now, like Facebook and Instagram right now are a business model. So it's, it's uh, something that's been monetized. It's been analyzed. It's, it's almost, I would say, to a point being compromised. Whereas yes. you look at TikTok, TikTok right now is the fun app. And so growth and engagement is super high, super organic because they're trying to, you know, they're trying to steal market share. That was Instagram yeah, five years ago yeah. trying to steal from Snapchat. Yeah, 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 yeah. For the for the videos, so for the like, stories. Sorry. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. But like, it, it was a case of everyone had Facebook because that was how you connected. But Facebook wasn't fun. So then there was Snapchat, which was a little more provocative and yeah. promiscuous. Yeah. And then it disappears. But like There's even privacy. Even, my wife even just liked it for the face filters, like that yeah. playfulness. And, and she always, you know, a girl could take a better selfie in Snapchat than in the camera because of those like angel yeah. filters and whatever. You could use that filter, take, use it from Snapchat and then Save post that on Instagram. 100%, yeah. yeah. So they all had the app. And that's all, the, the app companies only need you to have the app they've got your data. And that's all they want because your data to them is money. Yeah. They're selling your data left, right and center yeah. out the wazoo, making millions. So Instagram then had to make it really fun, really friendly to rival Snapchat. Now, obviously, like, the minute Zuckerberg bought Instagram and, and combined the two, it was yeah. just this juggernaut. Yeah. It would be like uh, if Google and Amazon, like, had the same owner. You're just like, all right, fuck, just everyone else give up now. Um, it's but so at, true. At the same time, like, Zuckerberg knows it's no good having, like, 7 million or billion users, whatever he's got, if I'm not making dollars and cents. Yeah. So the minute you monetize it, it's got to work in their favor. 
no longer is it like this free platform where everyone's having fun, everyone's getting benefits from it, yeah. but but Facebook and Instagram. Yeah. So the minute that happened, and I think the algorithm and, and the the paradigm really that, changed. One sec, do they do they call that the wave? Like back then, there was like the wave. Or yeah, yeah, I would call like, it a wave. Yeah, for yeah. sure. It, it's and and like. It's the same as TikTok right now. Like everyone's everyone's doing great now. I know people like getting a hundred thousand followers in twelve months or more. Like there are people Foodies? already. Yeah, like there's a guy in Pecos, just a regular guy. Oh, he, the burger guy. Yeah, Chebo. Yeah. Chebo. Shout out to Ali. How you doing, brother? Ali will tag you um, on this. <clears throat> so he started his his pop ups, uh, and like so his Instagram and TikTok started. I would say almost the same time. His Instagram thirteen thousand. His TikTok one hundred and seventy thousand. Holy! So that's like that's and it and it just shows I think the the difference in ease of growth at the moment. Che- um, there he is, Chebo. Yeah, one hundred thousand. Yeah, and like verified. And, yeah, there you go. See, and that's the rate it's growing. Like he was one hundred and sixty the other day. He's at one hundred and ninety eight already. So his last video on TikTok got one hundred and fifty nine thousand <clears throat> plays. You look at an Instagram story oh, on someone's account, 100%. like. That's just crazy. That I'd love to see the insights before. Like I was looking at the insights of my own Instagram before, and it's like I had forty-four followers yesterday, and it's just like doing it the honest way can suck. Oh, it can get like, but uh, yeah. very uh, dejecting sometimes and, and yeah. like downhearted. It's it's look if you do it long enough, but it's also easy to start seeing patterns. Like I I know, so like the first six months of this year, like. November last year till about May this year, the algorithm was really fun and friendly. Yeah. You know why? Because TikTok came out. TikTok was trending. So Instagram relaxes the algorithm uh, because so it's worried get all about snooty. It's well it's just worried about losing market share. Like most people will spend their majority of time on one app. Yep. The majority of their like energy invested into one app. Yeah. So if all of a sudden Instagram was the peak, if that starts moving away from Instagram yeah. and Zuckerberg doesn't own TikTok and it's not beneficial for him financially. Yeah. He needs to do something to keep people happy on Instagram. Yeah. So he relaxes the algorithm. So for that six months, growth was pretty good again. It was during lockdown. More yeah. people were on social media. Um, Isolation posts. Yeah. Cetera, you know what? When COVID started lifting around May, and a lot of countries started coming out the other side of it, and businesses reopened. Yeah. The algorithm got hard again. Wow. You know why? Businesses all of a sudden are reopening and need to market. You know what you should do? Booster post. Yeah. Give us your marketing money, and and like boom. And you can do it yeah. through the Facebook. Um, their, their revenue would have gone through the roof, and yeah. it's like, oh, like, uh, you know, everyone's like, stay local. You know what's great? Target marketing. You can do that with Facebook boosting. Like, select certain postcodes Interest, and certain demographics. Location, it's age. so specific. So they funnel they funnel what they want you to do depending on the world climate. Yeah. And it's smart. Like from a business perspective, I think hats off to him. Like he's created this beast and now he's monetized it. Great. From a consumer point of view, like for me as a foodie on there, it sucks. Yeah. But I'm also like at the, at the hand of the, the beast. Like I've got a love hate relationship with you. Yeah. Like I, I see you on the feed all the time. So just the, you know, the search feed just to, and like, is, is there an algorithm to get you on there or is it really engagement following? Um, A lot of it's got to do with like now the current algorithm is like pages you interact with. Yeah. So if you've tagged me in a post recently, if you've liked my photos, even if you're just spending longer than say six seconds looking at one of my posts. Yeah. Um, the algorithm is recording all that data. And so they're giving you like personalized search results. Yeah, right? so they're, they're trying to tailor to you what you're looking for. So like, yeah. I don't follow any um, 
sports pages because it's it's not part of my job. I don't care. But yeah. if I go to my explore feed right now, it's absolutely littered with like European football and Manchester United pages. Right. Because I, I when I go to my explore feed and see them, I click on them. Yeah. I don't want to follow them. Yeah. But it, it knows that that's what I'm looking at in my explore feed, so it's showing me more and more of it. Right. I um. It's yeah. Like I have a love hate, like really strong love hate relationship. Like explore feed is what I was saying. I see you on the explore feed a lot with probably two other foodies. Yeah. And I don't see many other people there. And I'm like, ah, oh, he's got he knows some kind of secret that nah, I don't know. I wish. Yeah. I, wish. I, I like. I think it it does come down to engagement as well. Like obviously. Instagram is going to show whatever's performing well for them yeah. more. Yeah. So, and sometimes like if, if you have a definitive or, or a very unique photography style, you'll think you're seeing me in your explore feed, but it's actually a repost account yeah. of my image. Wow. So half the time I know I've been reposted is because I'm going through my own explore feed, see my picture and go, oh, that's funny. I'm showing up in my own explore feed, click on it. And I'm like, oh no, someone reposted me and didn't give me credit, piece of shit. And then I like, you obviously let them, DM. Yeah, I let them know. I'm like, oh, that, that's for me. Hey fucker. God damn it. <laughs> Great photo, asshole. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think like there is a, a much broader algorithm, but certainly like whatever you're interacting with will yeah. just get shown to you more and more. Got it. So if I, I open your explore feed right now and it's all just tits and ass, Mick, I know what you're engaging with. Tits, ass, UFC, food. My, my food photos, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the three you, things. It's just yeah. Isaac, Isaac, Isaac. Tits and ass. Um. <laughs> Isaac, Isaac's tits and ass? What? <laughs> Mate, um, we've known each other for fucking 45 minutes now, probably an hour. Yeah, um, I'm sick of you already. Yeah, I've sit like I, I, I just am not feeling it. Like we cut this podcast out Let's now. Let's see other people. <laughs> Mate, I, I take it like you're, you're very, very, very um, confident, but I find you very strategic. Like yeah, you, yeah. Uh, gamification is something I would explain just from meeting you now that there's always kind of like a, a method and a strategy that yeah. makes sense and you kind of explain it uh, well. Does that translate into your content for True Crew Media? Yeah, obviously. I mean, like, it doesn't take much when you're you're constantly looking at analytics and, and statistics and data to understand that, like, right. it, it's it's the constant like uh, struggle I, I find when I'm doing content creation. Like, do you do you create content that is pretty and nice and builds this image of a venue, like a brand, or do you uh, generate content that gets the most click results? That's the question. So, and that comes down to the client, like. In a, from my personal page, it, it's the click results. Like I'm not posting selfies of myself because you know what? No one wants to see my face. Yeah. They want to see a yeah. big fat dirty burger. And so that's what I give them. Yeah. But a, a venue is different. Like you need to build that relationship with someone where they, you want them to recognize the interior. Or if you've spent good money on, on a brand designer or yeah. a logo, like you want to share that. So you've got to find the happy medium between like product placement, in the venue, sharing the venue, the staff. It, you've got to make it human and friendly and inviting. Yeah. With my personal blog or any foodies blog, like you don't have to do that. Yeah. You can just do one thing and that's like sell food. Or if you're a fit, like a, a Fitspo person, you're just selling health and fitness. Yeah. Uh, travel, just sell travel. Like, so Pick your niche, know your identity. Yeah, it's, it does certainly affect the content Grow you create. Grow a moustache. Yes. Mate, that moustache is amazing. I can't get rid of it. When did you, when did you like grow it and then go, that's I, it, I'm keeping it. This is, my, this is oh. me. Man, so like it, it even shocks me. Like I've had this moustache longer than I've had my son and he's three and a half now. Wow. So yeah, I look back at photos of me holding him as a newborn and I'm like, huh, I had a moustache then too. Have you done uh, the proper handle, handlebars before? Uh, yeah, I've done a few different variations. I started with the handlebars, yeah. but the problem is like when you eat burgers, the, the length <laughs> at the side, like any moustache is horrible, but the length at the side is where the sauce goes first. Gotcha. Um, like watching Action Bronson. Um, yeah. 
Hundred percent. Yeah. He just sh- he just shakes his beard. Oh, so bad. Um, but yeah, so I originally just grew it for like Movember. So I think I, st- I got a head start and started at like one September okay. because it's like when it's short, I have like this strawberry blonde, orangey facial hair. So like until it gets to a certain length, it's just redundant. So I got a head start on everyone, started November with a good strong mustache. And my wife jokingly was like, you can't ever get rid of it. I'll divorce you. I quite <laughs> don't divorce him, Sammy. Yeah. I kind of feel like you got this skill of getting onto a trend before the trend happens. The nah, bo- mustaches were around man. before me. Yeah, but like in Sydney or in Melbourne, like no, you know, so the the difference is like I feel like I'm I'm not I, I feel like the mustache trend that was here is kind of like the the beard trend maybe of like three or four years ago where it was like not rustic hipster but like yeah. very well manicured yeah. so like the little French style like the twists the long moustaches were very in along with like the fades and stuff yeah, and yeah. then I think this like lumberjack culture came in where it was just <laughs> like literally it was like every guy with a beard like no one wants a, a cute chin beard anymore it's like yeah. if you're gonna grow a beard grow like a six inch woolly mammoth yeah man beard yeah yeah hold an axe wear a flannel yeah. and pick up your wife over her shoulder yeah like yeah, yeah. Th- there's like a very fine line between a five o'clock shadow and then lumberjack beard and like if you're in the middle it's just like nice try like completely unrelated like I'm aging and therefore I have grey hair oh you poor bastard but if I could not have grey hair I would have a really well maintained beard. What's wrong with a grey beard? Uh, I haven't embraced the what do you call it? The salt pepper yet? Yeah, the silver you know fox. Yeah, silver fox. I was going to bring fox. up George Clooney. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, I haven't embraced it yet. But uh, look, off topic, off topic. I want people to kind of understand. Like, I like to explain the situation. I mean, so we're sitting in this restaurant in Chile. Yeah. Isaac has three fucking phones in front of him. Half of the fleet. A Chew Crew shirt. I mean, t- t- sorry, hat. And then the jumper is uh, oh, another client. Yeah, Cheat Day Sydney. Cheat Day Sydney. Shout out George and good boys. Like, like you're living. <clears throat> you're living this life. Like, oh, of course. Like My walking. entire wardrobe. I have like probably. 50 shirts, and I think 42 of them are black shirts from venues. What does one have to do to get a Chew Crew shirt? Wink, wink. Pay me for a Chew Crew shirt. <laughs> wink, wink. <laughs> is, that, is that subtle enough? Do you have Afterpay? No. <laughs> awesome, man. I'd be, no, I'm uh, from Western Sydney. Cash only, bro. Cash only. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, I kind of feel like you'd be uh, specific about someone has to jump through this hole or eat this burger or, or put that sauce in their eye or like do some kind of chili challenge before you'll accept uh, and give them a true, true Crew shirt. Now, True Crew Media, this is your company that you found. Um, can you tell me about the company, the services you offer, your kind of ideal client? Uh, yes, I can. As much as you're willing to share. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the awkward silence. No, yeah, so like I, I never advocate, right? There, there are PR companies, there are marketing companies. Yeah. I am a more so, even though the name of the business is True Crew Media, I'm, yeah. I'm a social media agency. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I never profess to be an expert. I never sort of say that I've got a marketing uh, background or a degree and I know they're all like even social media now like there is a university degree for social media Yeah, I'm cut from the old cloth of kind of like uh, self-taught yeah self-taught like learn learn on the ground sort of like trial and error so I I always and and like I'm fortunate because I've obviously got results on the board with my personal account so people go like all right, this guy knows something obviously because he's 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 got got success yeah Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it was just literally a case of uh I enjoyed doing it, which I think if you're ever going to 
start your own business, do something that you enjoy. Because yeah. if you don't enjoy it, then it's shit. And like you want to get out of it sooner or later. I've been doing it now full time for three years and I still enjoy doing it. It has its good days and its bad days. But yeah. so I go everywhere from the content creation side. So whether that's, uh, you know, I, I don't charge for it. I don't advocate that I do it. But any client that works with me gets an, uh, a consultation to an extent. Like, And feel free to share what you're only comfortable with. Like it's, oh, mate, yeah. like... The Big Mac secret sauce, you know? Nah. <laughs> but uh, like so many venues, it's... it's. I, th I think when you're trapped in the four walls of a venue, you don't see what's going on in, in the hospitality industry. You're showing up working long right. hours, six days a week. Yeah. On your day off, you don't want to think about food. You don't want to think about restaurants. Yeah. So to think about new things, what's trending, what you aren't currently doing that could be better. Like I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm the outside perspective that is fortunate enough that through my job and personal uh, side hustles, like I get to travel around Sydney. Yeah. So I see what's trending, what the differences are, what different demographics are, are sort of buying and what they're not buying, yeah, yeah. what businesses are doing well and why I think they're doing well. Competition in the yeah, area. Yeah. And yeah. so I can, I can relay that to businesses or I've got the free time and, and the knowledge to sort of deep dive on Instagram and know about the stupid little things like National Wing Day or World Nutella Day or whatever. And and it's just fortunate enough that then... I never know about these days until exactly, the day after. The day of. And it's like, God damn it, I missed it again. <laughs> so uh, Quickly, Ju post. July 29th, National Wing Day, come to Wingmill. Just do it. Um, That's in 13 days. I know. You better get this podcast out before then. That's an invitation. The, so like, it's, it's those little things where like, obviously then it, it's on me to go to a venue, pitch something that I think we can do with said uh, holiday or whatever. And, and it's just, it's one less pressure on a venue. And it's yeah. something that I tend to know or I think will do well on social media. Like my biggest thing with content creation is if I'm the one using the content at the end, yeah. then I know what content I want to create. The, the worst thing I've, and it's why I don't like paying for photographers to create content for me. Like if they're not using the content to do the post, yeah. then how do they know what content to capture? Because I do the full from start to finish, I know when I'm creating a content, how I can use it, what I can say with it, where I think it'll go because I think it'll resonate with, you know, a certain faction of our followers or... A season. It, yeah, yeah, like I, I know from three months ago that a certain image did really well. Yeah. So if I can recreate that image, yeah. but with a different, you know, backdrop or a different item, then surely logic would tell me it would also do well. I was going to say that. I was going to say, like, I kind of see it as it's common sense. You're using logic, you're being yeah. proactive, and then you're kind of resonating that through the actual content, which is, say, the photo, the yeah, time yeah. of post, the audience you choose, the location. Um, good old fucking hard work, right? 100%, like, yeah. Like, no, like, but look, insights and analytics are good, which we use to our advantage or learn from our yeah. mistakes. I live in analytics. I don't like any of it. I <laughs> like it's boring. It's a, it's a bit um, of a mind fuck, yeah. But we have to obviously show our clients the results. And the one thing they'll look at is you can give them a report, but like they look for the people walking through the door and how many people are swiping their card at the POS. It's machine. funny. Like the biggest question when you pitch to a new client is, is tentatively like ROI, what right? What yeah. results how, I how, what results will I get? How do I justify it? What proof can you give me that you've worked? And you know what? It, as much as I can give them analytics or, or data yeah. statistics, it's such bullshit because the hard work that you do and, and it's, I don't like it, but you know, I, I ask whenever I sign a new client for a three month minimum yeah. commitment, right? Because realistically, in the first four weeks of whatever I do, you're not going to see any of the results of my work. That's I so agree it, with It's like this. diet, right? You're not going to lose weight if you start a diet today. You're losing weight in six weeks. Yeah. But you've got to start today. Good analogy. So my, my biggest thing is like, you might employ me or any PR company for three months, think that they haven't done a great job, but it's the three months 
after you've worked with them that yeah. you start seeing ROI and you'll never attribute it to them because you just in your head go, well, they didn't work. But if they didn't lay foundation, People don't know that we go through this stress. And that's no. when you have the, like when you don't get attributed for the hard work you've done. Yeah. And they'll, and like, I can tell you an example. I've got one client that, um, that, when I go to do my monthly meeting with him, which always has to be in person, unfortunately I yeah. can't do that with everyone, depending on what they're doing. He opens up his Westpac bank account <laughs> and goes, shows you shows like transactions. Me, yeah. Show me, show me where we're at and where you affected yeah. that. And I'm like, okay, attribution is hard, yeah, especially yeah. with social media. It's a bit easier when it's like an e-com website, and yeah, a shopping yeah. cart. So, man, hats off to you doing. There's it no like, direct translation. Like getting yeah. getting ten followers today. Those ten followers might not be customers in store for eighteen months. Yeah. But the problem is. Once you've got them on, it's, it's like fishing. You've got Life to have value. them. Yeah, you've got yeah. to have them on the line to ever be able to reel them in. If yeah. they're not on the line and they're just free swimming, yeah. then fuck, it's it's tough, bro. Yeah, exactly. Look, I, I'm fortunate. I'm I'm in an industry like fast food, casual burgers and stuff, where someone can come to the register and hold their phone up and go, "I want this." Yeah. And it's a picture of something I've posted, and I go, "Boom, ROI." Like, I've, I've done it. Yeah, like they're not ordering off your menu in restaurant; they're ordering through the social media. Yeah, and that is the value in social media. Hand on my heart, on my mum's life. God bless you, Anne. I actually did that here at Wingmill with a picture Ooh. of your burger. Exactly. So I did that in this yeah. venue. I sat there with a beer and I enjoyed my burger. I took yeah. a crappy Bloody photo. Good <laughs> I'm like, I can't get photos like he gets them. Um, but burgers aren't my thing, right? I yeah, know exactly, my thing exactly. Now. So, um, mates, uh, good to talk about Chukuru Media. Um, I do want to ask you just a, what do you think about, this is a bit off topic, right? What do you think about Snoop Dogg doing these menu log ads right now? <laughs> Did somebody say menu log? Uh, <laughs> bro, talk about, like I'm, I'm, Did I'm, someone I'm, say menu log? I, I'm, uh, I'm conflicted. Like, I, so I'm, I'm a father, I've got kids. I understand like you got to do sometimes what pays the bills. I, I still cop shit from friends. I did a paid post for a coffee company, like a, a, a big chain, like an express coffee company. You sold your soul. Yeah, literally. But I was like, you know what? It was like, it was easy money. Yeah. And you know what? If that pays like, or goes towards my son's braces or it helps pay half the week's rent. Yeah. Or it, it's like, I can take my kids to uh, a water park or out for dinner. Yeah. Fuck, like, fuck whoever's judging me. Like, it, it's not like I'm, I'm uh, going against my morals in the sense that like I'm advocating yeah. one thing and doing something else. Like, I'm it's in a, catchy though that song. Oh, hundred percent. But it, whether or not it's a good fit, like, yeah. And and at the at the time, like, I don't want to get into it. I don't but know why I wanted to ask you, but I actually specifically did. I'm just like, I need no, to know like, his thoughts. I, I'm not across the issue, and I don't have a particular side. But like with the whole Black Lives Matter yeah, yeah, movement, yeah, yeah. and then getting uh, a prominent African American doing like fried chicken and waffles In and Australia. mac and cheese specials seems so counterintuitive. Yeah. And, and I don't think anyone else has I really pulled it out but like the the whole issue with the black lives movement is like this stereotype yeah and them trying to break it and we're literally and snoop dogg's like obviously agreed to do it yeah he wouldn't it do says anything paid actor at the bottom of the screen his, his, his management would not let him even for a million dollars like if it's against what his wishes were they wouldn't make him do it so for me i think that it's not a great look for him because it, it's reinforcing yeah uh, negative images or stereotyping about what they're fighting against, but each their own on the. On I never thought of that in terms of Black Lives Matter, and I don't mind. Like, I'm happy to talk about like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just issues. don't want to offend anyone with no. my lack of knowledge, but of, of course, and same here. Like, yeah, when yeah. it comes to like politics or anything, I, I always kind of know what I know, yeah, use yeah. my common sense, and be polite. Um, but with that, with that menu log ad, like, I just like 
wow, like, yeah, like it's Australian demographic. I'm like, sometimes I feel there's not a fit. And also, Snoop, do you really need the cash? And and then also, I found on Google Trends that um, Snoop Dogg paid menu log ad. People are googling how much he got paid. Really? I wonder how much he actually got paid for that. Like menu log, they're international, right? Yeah. I don't know. Isaac's thinking. <laughs> Pondering. Pondering. That's why you can hear like the screeching of like dry old cogs turning. Um, yeah. Look, look. look anyway. Do you know what? The funny thing is it's coincided with like, they've obviously rebranded because they used to have a green and white logo. Yeah. And at the start of this menu log, they've changed to an orange logo. Yeah. So I think it's one of those Kyle Sanderland uh, media. T- you know what? Like the thing is whether it's good or bad or yeah. you think it's right or wrong, like we're talking about menu log. Yeah. Through Snoop Dogg. Yeah. Is, is that dollars well spent? 100%. Holy shit. Yeah. So okay. the bastards got us in the he end. Got they us. Got us. Yeah. He got all your time. Oh, God. And my time. Um, mates, your content is like, I, I find your content super creative, super original is one of the words I want to say. Um, and also delicious. The one time you really got me with some creative content is... I don't know which burger place it was, but you were literally with a spray bottle spraying cheese <laughs> yeah. on a burger. Yeah, yeah. And like, as you're spraying it, all the guys had their phones out getting like, oh, it would be wicked boomerangs yeah. and photos. The photos were epic. High pressure pump, yeah. Like, oh, it was a high pressure pump. Yeah, it was literally like a Bunnings spray bottle with like a hand pump action to pressurize it <laughs> and then just hot liquid cheese so it was thin enough to pass through the nozzle head. When I do the, like the promotion of the episode, I, I might even like do a... Try that, and find it. Yeah, try yeah. and find it, add that like, to the kind of slide across. Where was that? And what, how uh, did you come up with the idea? Another client, so that's Sneaky Burger down in Wollongong. Right. Um, look, it, it just gets to a point where like, uh, I'm not going to try and claim it or anything, but like if I've seen one uh, cheeseburger dipped into cheese or... Burger Point? Yeah, Burger Point. Um, they created it, by the way. People well, just, I've just never been. You know. I've never been. You should go. Another client. Um, <laughs> or, like, or, or like a small cup of cheese just getting poured on the top of a burger. Like yeah. If you've seen it once, you've seen it a thousand times yeah. on social media. And like it, because it's the way the internet works, like now everywhere in the world is doing it. So to try and be creative and like people who want to know how to like get results on Instagram or how to grow their account, you know what? Yeah. Be creative. Like content is king. Yeah. If you're posting what someone's already seen, no one cares. These days, it's content is king or queen. Yeah. Or um, non-LGBT. Non-specific. Yeah. Um, and so, like, I've... I've uh, so, at Burger Point once, like, I've gone to Bunnings and bought, like, a paint roller in a paint tray and painted cheese on the side of my wow. burger with a paint roller. It's um, the behind-the-scenes stuff people don't see from I the put it. I've put it through, like, a, a colander so you get, like, a drippy rain effect. Wow. It's just... You know, the same thing. It, it doesn't seem like much. It's literally the same thing. Same burger, same liquid cheese. But it's it's the creativity or the extra two minutes it takes to do something. And it's fun. And and just, I think, the, the like, some people are still anxious about doing it publicly, like about being judged or whatever. And, like, at the end of the day, I'm like, fuck, this is my job. I feel like you're pretty comfortable in your oh. shoes. And, um, you know, like, it is what it is. People, like, the amount, results. Of, the amount of times that I'll be, like, literally on a footpath holding food, uh, dodging traffic and people walk past and you see them judging Scuff. and you, yeah you hear them murmuring and like oh did you get a good shot oh you're gonna eat it and I'm like what? like I, I never say it to them but in the back of my head I'm like I 100% bet my salary is higher than yours and I'm standing on a road taking a picture of food so which I'm gonna eat yeah who is doing which better I, yeah. in life like are you really gonna judge me from your ivory tower like yeah, 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 I don't yeah. I don't like walk past you at your desk and like murmur and smirk and be like oh Karen's at her desk again. <laughs> yeah. Like, There's fuck. a fine line between the influences and the wild shit 
and like actual stuff that like I'm creating content here. I'm not like bending over on the beach waiting for a wave to come and like yeah. arch my back and like smile. Like, like it's it, there's a, there's a fine line of creating content for the venue, doing it for to scratch that creative yeah, itch. Yeah. Like um, I, I I've really really enjoyed watching your content and especially this week, like <laughs> you put truffles and grated oh, them on yeah. your KFC. So good. KFC burger and your potato. I did it at McDonald's as well, yeah. At McDonald's? Yeah. What else did you do? My you question to you, do you think that you can make cheap fast food fancy? Yeah. Or is it just, it is, always is and always will be cheap fast food? Well, I, I, I believe in the, the business model behind fast food. It's getting out food a certain way and you can do it with good quality produce or you can hack it with some caviar, with some... So if McDonald's right now ran an exclusive truffle menu at like some exclusive With a stores wagyu patty. would you not even wagyu patty a quarter pounder their normal fries um, a McFlurry would you spend an extra $10 and get like your $18 quarter pounder with fresh truffle on it as a foodie yes if i have the cash yes if it's if i do like following a bit of hype so yes yes so that's three yeses like how much how much of the money like the the money you spend on food is out of like oh i'm hungry i'm going to eat today versus this is good content. This is where everyone else is going. Yeah. Like, where do you draw the line? Like, I, for someone who was a competitive eater, and now I eat for my job, I don't actually eat out of hunger that often. <laughs> yeah, I have that same. It, it's literally like because I'm ingrained in the the industry. Half my money I spend is because I feel like I want to support a venue. Yeah. I don't. I don't need to eat the food. Sometimes it's not even good content. Yeah. But I'm like, I like the venue. I like the owners. They've been nice to me in the past. Whatever. Yeah. I will go and spend $50. Yeah. Uh, sometimes it's like a, a necessary evil. I don't like the venue. I don't like the owners, but I think it's good content. Yeah. And I'm like, my life. Like, sometimes you get all three and it's like, okay, this is something. Yeah. And, and sometimes you question, you're like, why am I here eating food I don't want to eat, spending money I shouldn't be spending? So true. And, and, but it's the difference, I think, sometimes between like, I've, I've come away from those experiences with amazing content and going, I'm going to sit on this because I don't like them, so I'm not going to use it straight away. Yeah. But I know it's value to me. Yeah. And I've come away from it other times and gone like, well, I just wasted my time, ate food I didn't like, yeah. my money. Spent your money. I still don't like time. The yeah. Driving. And, and it's like, well, fuck, what? like, not doing this again. I, um, I have never, ever had to advertise or market for a client. So on the back of these podcasts, when I, at the end, I'll say, like, check out my services on the website. Yeah. But people ask me, how do I get clients for Hungry Diners Marketing, right? And I, there's two ways. I'll either really – I'm a loyalist. I will love a venue. Yeah, a you just support concept. the shit out of them, right? Yeah. I will nonstop dine there, meet the staff, know the bartender's name. They know mine. I'll bring 10 friends. Yeah, yeah. Then they'll be like, what do you do? And I'll tell them. Eventually, they actually become a client. Yeah, yeah. Or, it's almost like family. Family. Yeah. Or I will be referred from an existing client yeah, yeah. that's the only way I've built the business it's the best way to get clients because you don't actually have to like fluff shit up or try and sell yeah. yourself like they're ch not, not that they're chasing you but like the greatest compliment anyone can ever pay you is to like refer your services because they like what you do. It's a weird line because I did that post the other day kind of about me because a lot of people are going like what do you do so I'm like oh, I know I, th I thought you were like a, yeah. an African male <laughs> Exactly. I had no idea you were a Caucasian. Yeah, so. <laughs> Caucasian? <laughs> yes. <laughs> you like wine, right? Cork? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I love cork. I love wine. Um, and like, yeah, I, I thought I'd like explain what I do, but a lot of people just in the comments are like, oh, I didn't know you do this. And it's yeah, like, I saw a few of them. Where's that line where you say like, you don't want to be like, 
kind of going, this is what I do, oh. self-promotion. Yeah, but yeah. sometimes we all have to live and pay the bills. And, yeah, you know, yeah. like, I'm in no hurry to get any more clients. But at the same time, and with the pandemic, If one fell in your lap, you wouldn't say no to I it I wouldn't yet. say no. But at the same time, I kind of get tired of going, this is my brand. And, you know, this is this is what services offer. But um, we're just looking in the venue now. Oh, no, sorry. I could smell. I, I think poutine must have gone out. Yeah. I can smell so rosemary what, gravy. What just happened is a burger yes. has just come out and been placed, I'd say within three my metres. Spidey, my spidey senses. Three metres of Isaac, and he literally like lifted up like a meerkat, <laughs> and his head went left and right. Oh my God. Dude, let's talk about the juicy stuff now. Yeah. All right. Think about looking at a post when you're looking through your feed, and it makes you just go, oof, cringe. What kind of cringy posts are you just going, fuck, why did you decide that that looks good and press post? Uh, there's a few. Uh, like, first things first, just the simplest of things, whether it's lighting or, like, a, a fingerprint on a lens cap. Like, for fuck's sake, clean your lens cap before really? you take a photo. Some, some people are like, I, I get not everyone's professional. I get not yeah. everyone. But, like, take pride in your work. Whatever, whatever it is, yeah. Like, even if it's only going to, like, 48 followers, make it the best damn picture you can show 48 followers you can. Yeah. Because you never know who's going to see yeah. it, right? Yeah. The other thing is, like, if you're a food blogger, don't ever try and like fob off that you're promoting the venue when like 90% of the photo is a selfie of you and the photo is like a prop in the foreground of the image. And the plates have having to Like I don't touched. if you're a food blogger, I'm not following you to see you. I want to see the food. All right? <laughs> we died So carousel questions. that shit and put the picture of you at the end of the carousel cuz okay, I want to Karen? Yes, I want to see food food food. Half yeah. your face, more food. Yeah, got it, got it. Look, I've been guilty of everything, so. Uh, but I, I also don't give a fuck about much. So. Oh. <laughs> and that's like, I think the best people on social media are ones that don't give a fuck about themselves because yeah. Yeah, you'll yeah. always be honest to yourself and post content. If you're happy with your content, whatever I say doesn't mean shit. Exactly. Like a lot of the things that I generally will call people out on is because I've been there, I've got the t-shirt, I got teased for it, and now yeah, I've, yeah. I've, I've evolved and yeah. grown. And like, and now I have an opinion because oh, I actually I lived it. Versus just being, um, I've been saying this a lot lately, being a Karen and just going like, this is what I think, this is all I know, without doing your research, without even like done one round in that yeah, fight, yeah. you know? So um, other things I want to talk about is the culture of DMing for free food. Yep. So you would manage a lot of social media accounts. Mm-hmm. Do you see a lot come through from your accounts? Is it something that's really um, happening a lot with your... Look, I, th- I think there's still a lot of apprehension and it's, it's a double-edged sword. Like from day one, I'm like you. Like it, the minute I thought I offered value to a, a, a yeah. client, uh, not a client, but just a venue, even when I was in Melbourne uh, as a startup sort of food blogger, 5,000 followers, I would reach out to a venue because uh, it's like any deal, right? There's a... Uh, a for and against, a to and a, f- a fro. Yeah. It's like negotiating. So if you make an offer, that is within your right. No yeah. one is in the wrong making an offer. Yeah. Now, if you make a demand, if you make uh, any sort of sort of proposal that is just uh, stupid, like I've got 400 followers, I'm going to like boost your sales. Like my whatever. blog, that yeah, doesn't yeah, exist. Yeah, like it, it's just, you've got to be very like, I think humble in the way you approach asking yeah. for free food. Yeah. Now, even until I was like 20, 25,000 followers, I would never ask for a full free meal. I would be, hey, I'd love, a di- can, can you offer me a discount? Yeah, yeah. The minute you mention discount, it's uh, the venue's prerogative to go from 5% discount to 100% discount. Yeah. Like, I'm not putting that on them. I'm not asking for a specific number. It's in there. And so I would be paying $50 for a burger, yeah. getting 25% uh, or 50% discount. And like, you know what? I was happy. 
Yeah. It's better than nothing. So what I'm hearing is if, if it's a win-win. You've got to offer value to the venue. You can't just sort of be like, and, and in this day and age, you know what irritates me, I think, is, is you know, like if, if a, you've got to stick in your lane. So if, if you're a socialite who doesn't post food on their feed, like it's all bikinis and beach shots. Why are you going to Burger Point? Yeah, don't hit me up for free food. Yeah. Same as like, I'm a foodie. I'm not going to hit you up for a free pair of board shorts yeah. to wear in summer. Like, What's it, the burger place down the street from here? The, the other one. That's, I, uh, I, th- I said to you, I'm going to go see them. And then I think you said, come down there. I'm happy to do like a collab. And I said, no, nah, man, I'm going to pay for it. Like, I'm totally fine with that. Oh, in, our, in our time or crow's nest plan b plan b plan b right? yeah like it's the same thing like because i burgers aren't my thing yeah, so yeah i don't feel like i have the rights to do that like the ones i do are like kind of more the kind of restaurant bar styles yeah, yeah. like so know know your fucking lane yeah, right? yeah know your role and that's what i feel but through the pandemic i've really been um just obscenely overwhelmed with people asking for free yeah, food yeah. like let's show your takeaway delivery menu when they just let go of all their stuff like th- that's the stuff that pisses I, yeah. me off. Like. And that comes back to the value thing. Like I don't think it, it's common knowledge. Um, like everyone, everyone's look after themselves first. I don't think people understand that during COVID, not just like the business owners' bottom dollar was yeah. affected, but like all of the staff have been affected. And, yeah. and like when you're asking for free food during normal times, yeah, they're making probably enough profit margin to give you a, f- a few free dishes. Yeah. But when sales drop exponentially and costs are all still fixed like your leasing and, and overheads and stuff then it, it like you posting on a on a feed isn't going to help when only local people can visit the restaurant because yeah. we're in lockdown yeah exactly yeah it's 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 a it's a weird topic like i'm, I'm always a bit drawn back and forward towards it i'm also got i wear two hats protective for my clients but yeah, also yeah. trying to like also show good value and morals behind it all um mate what about in terms of Moving on from the damn for free food, everyone knows my thoughts on this, so we don't have to re- touch on that. Oh, by the way, we've got construction out, out the front happening as we speak, so it's perfect timing. Is, is that... That's Ahmed. That's yeah. Ahmed, the yeah. owner of Wingmills coming in. We might even get a podcast. Hopefully, I can fit it in. Um, man, I've got a few more things. There's a call over. Just yeah, keep yeah, going. Yeah. So, buying followers and likes. I know that's one of your favorite things. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm not going to name any names, but a few things I've learned over time over the last couple of years trying to make my way into this car yeah, yeah. this foodie scene is um, number one, don't fuck with Isaac. Because <laughs> <laughs> he'll just tell you as it is. And some people know that, like, you know, if you, some people are scared of giving, get, being given to you straight, yeah, being yeah. black and white. Yeah. Like, why, why would I? Some people in the community don't want to ask questions or say or stand yeah. up for themselves with you I think you're like me, like you and me are similar this Trans- way transparency you know what? if, if yeah. you want to cheat but you're averse to being labelled a cheat then you shouldn't have fucking done it in the first place like if, if I was talking to you off air just before like if you've wronged and this is like a, a life thing if you're wronged and you acknowledge that you did wrong and you redeem yourself then everyone deserves a second chance yeah if you uh, do wrong you lie to yourself and you lie to everyone else about doing wrong or you keep doing wrong then you don't deserve forgiveness you don't deserve redemption and you don't deserve any form of respect like whether that's uh, in an online universe whether it's personally like it's social media is gone of the days where it's like oh it's just social media like no it is a marketplace so it's not too dissimilar to white collar crime like if you're falsifying uh, information to and a then PR. yeah and then charging businesses on that falsified information 
it's literally white collar crime. Like, yep. yeah, that's important though. You're falsifying, and then you're walking into a venue like your hot shit. Yeah, you're, you're demanding this table that the chef, the food, the produce, the food cost, the time of the waiter that it could be with a paying yeah, customer. Yeah, hundred percent. Like, um, I think we're kind of both. I even decided like my. I think the title of the podcast is going to be admitting to so eats a lot that I bought bought my first fifteen hundred <laughs> followers, and I think a lot of people have that. Like, what the fuck? And I'm like, why not? Yeah. Like, honestly, like, I think anyone that's listening now that But has you owned it. Like, I have respect for you straight off the bat because you fucked up. You owned it. You did as much as you could to try and redeem yourself in terms of, you know, you, you mentioned before you used agencies to try and get rid of those followers. It yeah. actually probably cost you more trying to get rid of the followers than it cost you to buy the followers. It costs more than you think too. And it's yeah. just, it's, you know, it, it's... But, but everyone, everyone has moments of weakness. Everyone has moments of naivety where you follow a link, you click something, you think you're doing something that's like normal and you just don't have knowledge on this. There was an eye roll there, people. I yeah. like how you rolled yeah. your, roll your eyes as you did that. Because you know what? Like, it, it's like when you get that email that says you won lotto from a Nigerian yeah. jackpot and you're like, oh, I'll click this link for $40 million. Yay. Yeah. Like, no, you fucking idiots. Yes. Use some common sense. Use common sense. Like, if something seems too good to be true, it's probably too good to be true. Exactly. And if you don't know, it's, it's, it's what the whole internet pretense is for. You know what? Ask someone. Google it. Do yeah. some research yeah. before you do something. Yeah. And, like, don't be afraid to, like, own up to things because if you walk around, I'd rather be someone that I'd rather know. Everyone knows everything about me. And yeah. It's out Transparency, the open 100%. Versus being in the corner and not knowing what anyone thinks. And so anyone out there that is buying likes, buying followers, um, what's the other thing called? That travel loop group thing. Oh, uh, yeah, Like, yeah. where you join that app and then you can all, you'd leave a code or something yeah. and then there's, like, comment pods. Like, like I can see in people's comments that... 75 people that are from Bangladesh oh, yeah. are not your And it's the same 75 followers. on every post. And then you respond to all of those comments. So it looks like you've got 150 comments. Yeah. And it's like, well, uh, you've posted a picture of a burger. And they're like, that place looks nice. Yeah, yeah, And it's yeah. like, well, it's not a place. It's a burger. So well, Exactly. I, I had a post recently where I used the hashtag, uh, what was it? Sugar, 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 da- sugar daddy or sugar baby. Oh, yeah. So it was a donuts post, these mini donuts. Yeah, yeah. And I did a collab with them. They sent out some donuts, did the post, used the hashtag sugar daddy or sugar baby, whatever, whatever it was. It was yeah. I started getting all these comments saying, DM me for $1,500 a week. <laughs> then yeah. I got DMs saying, mate, have you bought these likes? I'm like, dude, yeah, I just yeah. use... I ended up deleting it, it comes the post. To, yeah. Like, yeah, so. It's like spam. Like, I, I think because it's, it, it is such a, a marketplace now, like people are aware that certain hashtags, they can write programs where it'll just dump comments yeah. depending on the hashtags So they're the bots, right? Yeah. yeah it, it, it's it. all just... A, and like, it, it doesn't mean if you see like spam comments on posts, it doesn't mean they've done anything wrong. Yeah. I often tend to think now, like if you look at a lot of the accounts with big followers, yeah. with high engagement, yeah. it makes sense. Like if I'm, a, if I'm someone writing a spam algorithm to dump it on a page that gets lots of views. Yeah. What, what's the good of putting a spam comment on the guy whose post gets four likes and exactly. hundred people see it? If I could put it for free yeah. on, on a, an account with 300,000 followers and posts are getting seen by 40, 50,000 people. Yeah, exactly. Um, I could talk to you about this literally all day. Oh, yeah. I, I'll probably at one point try and uh, convince you to come back on another time, but I want to be uh, respectful of your time. And in the Sydney food scene right now, so put the so eats a lot hat on. Yep. Like, w- w- what's what's busting out well at the moment in the Sydney food scene? Any particular locations, precincts, types of food? Uh, man, I'm just a burger person, so yeah. like I will always say. And the beauty of like. I remember years ago, people were like, oh, burger trend is going to come and go. Burgers are going to die. You know what? Five, six years later, it's still on top. 
during COVID, you know what did best? Burgers. You ask uh, any of the delivery companies, Uber Eats, Menulog, Deliveroo, for their top 10 selling items, yeah. there will be a burger and a chicken burger or sandwich in that top 10 list. Always. Forgetting that you're in the wing mill, right? So yeah. wing mill, you'll get your, I promise you, you'll get, you'll get your love from me um, and my money. If you woke up and you're like, it's my birthday, I'm going to go get a, bur- a birthday burger. Where are you going? Where, what's, is there one venue or is that too hard? Look, man, I, so the thing is like, I live in Campbelltown and there are, there are very, very few good local options. So that puts me in a position where I'm not fortunate enough to have a really great local that like when I'm lazy, I can just go to. Go so there. for me, I, I've got travel no matter where I want to go. So you've got options. But then the other difficult thing is being in Campbelltown, I have really, really good options that are all the same distance but in different directions. Yeah. So if I, if I want to avoid the city and the rat race, there's a great option in Wollongong, 45 yeah. minutes drive. Right. Um, if, if I want um, a certain type of burger, like uh, there's five or six really good places, but they're all differing in style. So sometimes it's just a craving. Like during COVID, I started cooking burgers at home. Maybe yeah. maybe my own burger is the best burger. Was that Brie burger yours? You cooked that? that? Well, I cooked it myself, yeah. Hold on. So, okay. So that Shout out bur- to Gary, Mr. Wagyu Beef. Gary from Mr. Wagyu. I'm getting $100 every name I drop in this podcast. Gonna, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you should. Shout out to Gary. You created a, a, a smash patty Wagyu beef pat- burger. Yeah. You had Brie. Like Triple a, cream brie for Bastille Day, yeah. It was like you did a thin wheel on yeah. the burger of the brie. It was literally two-thirds of a wheel of brie because I sliced it lengthways instead of into wedges. It's brilliant. Truffle? Fresh truffle, yeah. The potato buns from... Martin's potato bun, which uh, Ahmed hooked me up with from Windmill. So $100. Thanks, That's $100. Yeah. Bucks. Ching, ching. <laughs> um, okay, got it. That burger's ridiculous. Again, the natural content credit. It's good that you're cooking yeah, as yeah. well, man. That's good. Um, I was going to ask you, you cook at home a lot. Is that a... No, nah, I, I only cook what I can cook on the flat top, so... Steaks and burgers, uh, migraine, microwave popcorn, and anything that I can pour Biscoff on. (laughs) Okay, okay. I wrote this question down. Yes. What is your fetish with Biscoff? And I've actually never tried Biscoff. I don't know what it is. Dead to me. I know. (laughs) Try not to judge me. Too late. (laughs) Too late. (laughs) Tell me. You're unfortunate. Sometimes I carry it around with me. I don't have any in my bag today. Look, I've only got I, truffles with me today. <laughs> yeah. Oh, poor man's Biscoff. <laughs> the, the thing with Biscoff, look, I think it started out as an as a exclusivity thing, right? Like you, you had to buy it in uh, overseas stockists. Like specialty shops. Yeah, yeah. Like you would get it at the casino. You could get it at Redfern Convenience. You could get it places. And it was always like a little more expensive. It was a bit exotic. Right, right, right. And it was just... Uh, is it like cookie dough? Is it a well, sauce? Look, it's, it's technically, it's, it's cookie spread. Or like if you're European, it's very similar to like a speculus, like a gingerbread spiced right, cookie right, right. dough, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, what, what the thing is, right? So somewhere along the lines, a major um, distributor must have picked up the, a contract. Yeah. All of a sudden it goes from this, like it used to be $10 a jar. You'd only be able to get it maybe like six places in Sydney or buy it online. Boom, it's in Coles and Woolworths. Five dollars fifty a jar. So I can get it today. You could go and get it right now. What it's, am I dipping? There up is for? a national shortage right now because of COVID. The overseas, and you. yeah, and me pretty much. I bought sixty the other day just because I could because I found is that them. A fact. Yeah, I actually have seventeen jars at home right now. Yeah. I'm waiting. I'm waiting to sell them on eBay for like ridiculous marked up prices. Um, oh, you like those nappy ladies? Hundred <laughs> percent. That formula. Yeah, <clears throat> but like it's just it's it's a fun. I always when I'm talking to people, it's like so it's. Uh, Peanut butter is claggy, right? I love peanut butter, but like you have too much peanut butter, it sort of glues your mouth a bit, dries yeah. it out. Yeah. Nutella is too sweet. So yeah. Nutella doesn't work with a lot of things because it's very sugary, very chocolatey, very niche. Yeah. 
Biscoff is this perfect marriage in between where it's like that smooth consistency of smooth peanut butter with a sweetness, like it's a definite sweetness, but there's this under underlying tone of spice, whether that's like cinnamony, gingery, yeah, caramel. Yeah. And, and that's where it works in savoury because right. it almost adds this like spice mix. So you, like you put it on burgers as a sauce. Oh, I've put it on beef burgers. I've put it on fried chicken. Um, you dip I, everything literally like if, if I can heat it up and, and it heats up so well like you just got to make sure the alfoil is off the top of the glass jar because it's in a glass jar yep. microwave 30 seconds and it becomes this this buttery sort of glossy pour that's just amazing um, hectic do it just uh, do it okay well I had to talk about that Biscoff I, I am gonna it's vegan too so it's healthy I'll buy some if I can find it yeah. um, hashtag hashtag Biscoff vegan Biscoff you owe him a hundred bucks for that one Ching. mate for, for, uh, for venues um, venues doing collabs they're getting a lot of DMs for collabs for reviews and stuff how would you ask the, the business owner like here at uh, um, Ahmed to audit influencers to audit people like just to do is there a quick health check way or Oh look, I think there's no there's no quick way, and and there's websites that you can go to. They'll give you a history, blah blah blah. I don't believe in. I think you need to look at a holistic type. I would first thing I would do if I'm looking at an influencer is look at the style, the last nine of their posts. Yeah, right. Now if they're hitting me up for food and they haven't posted a food picture in their last nine posts, yeah. Then, like we were saying before, food's not their lane. Stay yeah, the fuck yeah. out of it. Yeah. Um, even if they're a lifestyle travel person, and you know one of those nine images is food. Yeah. Then I can see. All right. So there's an element. More than 10% of their posts yeah. is food, it might be worth it. Then you need to look into their the marriage of their statistics. So how many followers they get, how many comments they're getting on yeah. things. Because Instagram removed likes to avoid people clickbaiting and, and buying likes. But all that did Do was you think shift. It worked? No, because all it did was shift the focus from likes to comments. It just generated, like it right, created comment right. pods. Pre pre Oh, so it magnified it. Well, it just shifted the like the same yeah, issue, yeah, yeah, yeah. different area. Yeah. Um, and okay. so all, all it meant was uh, you can see a consistency. Like you said before, if you can look at six random posts and they've all got a very similar comment number, like 129, 122, 100, and you start looking through some of those comments and you see the same names popping up and you go to one of those accounts and you see the same account commenting back on all of their posts, you go, it's not organic. So it's not actually going to be good ROI. Like it's no good putting a post out there that gets a hundred comments if that's a hundred, like a hundred other people that are just looking to get freebies. Yeah. You want real people. Yeah. Um, and so this is where like it's hard to actually ever be confident until they've been in. Like, I think the easiest thing, word of mouth. If your friends in hospo, you've got networks. Yeah. Ask someone else that you've seen them visit or post for. Go. Did you see a result? Did you notice a, a spike? That's good advice. Yeah, like there's nothing wrong. It's, it's like asking for the free food in the first place. You know, there's no one, you, you can't ask a, a bad question. It's polarizing, I think. Like, yeah, people, people are apprehensive and they're worried. And I think there's this big stigma in hospitality that like you stay in your lane, I'll stay in my lane, like your secrets might. Like it's fucking, we don't have an industry in hospo. Yeah. No one's helping each other. And, and we jump up and down during COVID and go, it's a crisis. The industry's struggling. But like no one until COVID was really working together. Like yeah. the best thing out of COVID was I saw so many local venues supporting other local venues. Yes. And I was like, Allies. how good is this? Like we're all struggling. We're all in the shit. It's, it's, we're deep in the trenches. Let's help each other. Yeah. The minute we go back to normalcy, I think those walls are going to go up again. And it's like, all right, well, I don't want to lose a customer to you. Like, I don't want to put dollars in your till if it's out of my till. Yeah. And it's just this, this negativity. Wow, that's interesting. So I think feel free. Like, and, and that's where somewhere like myself or a media company who can sometimes be like a middleman, you know, they, they see lots of restaurants, 
they're not a restaurant. Just reach out and ask. Like, what, worst case scenario, they leave you on scene. Yeah. So then you're back to square one. Like, you don't have any knowledge. Yeah. Best case scenario, they respond. Like, when you reached out to me early days and said, hey, bro, I made a mistake, yeah, yeah. this happened, what should I do? You're pretty direct and you well, answered it, straight away. It doesn't cost me. Like, if I can answer something in 30 seconds, it doesn't cost me anything to answer later, it. Two yeah. years later, we're chatting. You know what I mean? And um, that's, that's so true. Would you, uh, if I said to you, name, say, a couple of good foodies in the Sydney scene right now that are examples of good foodies that you'd send to a venue? Yeah, like, obviously I have... And it's like I love Glendon. Um, I nice, always, man. I always, Respect. yeah, I always have his. I always get his handle wrong because there's W's at the end and two W's or Glendon, one W. W W. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I'll never forget the first time or one of the first times I invited him to an event I organised. I straight to his face called him the wrong name. What did no, you call him? I, call, I, I, I didn't get his name wrong. I, I was just like, oh, you're at and insert like another Instagram handle, and he's just looking at me blankly, and my wife's nudging me. She's like, he's no, so polite, isn't no, he? No, it's like that's not him. And I was like, really? I, I swear, like, yeah. and because when you're hosting an event, you're kind of glossy because you're like yeah. moving between things. And I just like, I felt guilty. Like, I must have apologized 20 times, but he's a good content creator. He's always reliable. Let like, it go, Isaac. <laughs> Let it go. I'm sorry, Glendon. I'm sorry. <laughs> Next meal's on me. Um, <laughs> That's a good example, man. I like that but example. But he's, like, he's another guy like me. You know what? Like, he didn't need, he, he doesn't need like a, a fancy a camera. DSR camera. Yeah. He doesn't try and make out that he's something more than he isn't. He's like this humble guy yeah. that's got a good eye for a photo and bless him, like he's, he's I, I hope he's doing well out of it. Like whether it's monetary or, or product or comp- contra or whatever. I think for him it's purely passion. And that's even better. And he what, enjoys like food I, and wine. We and discussed, I don't know if I was discussing with you earlier or another uh, a venue owner, like at, whenever you're in the industry, if you can find someone to work with that shares good knowledge or yeah. good passion for the same thing, it's so easy to work with them. Yeah. It, sometimes you, you find You speak someone, the same language. You come yeah, from like, the same cloth. Like. I, I feel like a lot of people got into being a, in quotation marks, foodie because they wanted a free meal. Not because they like HOSPO, not because they understand HOSPO. Yeah. They wanted to be able to go out in the, the restaurant scene and get a free meal to take a photo. And so they don't really care for the industry. They're just... It's like the person who like... It's the ego thing walks, that I was telling but you. It's like walking past someone else's apple tree and picking the fruit, right? Someone else has spent months watering, yeah. maintaining it. Yeah. And, and then like, it's it's right for them to reap the harvest and benefit when from it. When they're ready. Yeah, but for someone else to just... And it's the same with cheating, buying followers. Whatever. Like if you walk past, see a ripe apple tree and you p- pluck an apple off and walk away, that might've been the best apple on the tree and that other person's got to wait another 12 months for that apple or, yeah. or opportunity. Because like... Uh, what what irks me also is like businesses have budget. Yeah. Now, if a business spends half its budget, some of its budget, most of its budget on a fake or a, or a bad influencer, two things happen. One, that's money out of a good influencer's coffers. It also leaves a bad taste in that venue or, or brand or product's mouth where they're less inclined to spend again. And it affects the rest of us yeah, it, that it's are trying to do it the right 100%. way. 100%. Um, fuck, I can't, I can't agree with you more. Um, I'm probably going to have to go straight to question time from here, but I'd really love that you shouted out to Glendon. So shout out to Glendon. Yeah. And uh, he forgives you, mate. He forgives you. <laughs> Wait um, until your podcast with him and he's just got all this repressed <laughs> anger and he's like, who do you hate most in Sydney? It's like, Isaac hates a lot. There was this one time. <laughs> um, awesome, man. Well, thanks for like sharing insights. Um, it's been really good to pick your brain and meet you as well. I appreciate no, you your too, time. Mate. Um, I'm going to go through a couple of questions. I'm going to put on my cheesy question music. We're going to go through, see how you go, but uh, let's see if we can play this right. There it is. And also, we're in a loud venue. I actually downloaded a loud venue sound bit that used to be on this this, this uh, sound pad. But here's some questions, buddy. Dinner party with three people, dead or alive. Who's who's coming? 
Uh, I would invite my wife for sure. Um, <laughs> so safe. <laughs> yeah. Love you, babe. Uh, two other people. Look, I would probably invite uh, Cristiano Ronaldo. Nice. I know he's a bit of a flog, but he's also the biggest influencer on Instagram. Right. And the greatest footballer of all time. Suck shit, Messi. Um, I would probably also... Look, I've met Adam Richman in person and wow. he, he wasn't all that. To be honest, so he would have been always one of my three, but he's off my list now. And I would probably invite See you, Adam. Um, someone like a Danny Myers, okay. or you know, like yeah, you know, yeah. sort of burgers, sort of business entrepreneur. Yep. I could pick his brain on both. Nice, yeah, um, yeah. Jeez, Adam Richmond. Okay, taking off the list. Sorry, buddy. We won't tag him in this. Um, advice to venues now that are looking to up their socials, do it themselves. Look for a media company like you. What you, what's your advice? If you've got budget, employ Mick or myself. <laughs> and if you don't have budget, then befriend Mick or I to the point where you're so irritating, we give you free advice so that you leave us alone. That was unplanned and I totally enjoyed it. Um, uh, uh, yes, so don't annoy me, just annoy him. <laughs> I won't give any free advice. Any, any suppliers that you want to give shout out to? Uh... I already named up him, like Gary at Mr. Wagyu Beef, yep. Josh Urban Bakery if you want burger buns. Nice. Danielle at uh, Oakville Truffles. Uh, anyone else who gives me free shit, I love you all. <laughs> awesome. Um, and, and for those that want to contact you, do you want them just to DM you on your Instagram Oh, yeah. Feed? Like, uh, I hate phone calls. Text messages are fine, but it'll come from a random number, so I don't know who you are. Just DM me on Instagram or send an email to the email address attached to my Insta page. Awesome, man. Well, that's it. I think we're going to leave it there. Is there anything else we should cover? Or we're good, I think. I think we're good. Nah, bro. I'm just hankering for a burger. Yeah, Let's me go. too. Thank you, buddy. Take care. And we're done. Episode eight in the bag. We're almost at double digits. It's very exciting. Very, very exciting. Um, all right. So... What do I do here? This is where I do the outro. Okay, if you want to check out as a venue, Hungry Diner's PR and marketing services, please go to www.hungrydiner.com.au. Alternatively, you can email me at mick, oh wait, mick at hungrydiner.com.au. Check out my foodie stuff on the Instagram or the gram, uh, hungry underscore diner. I want to thank you all so much for supporting me on this journey. I did not expect to have this audience grow so fast. I have so many exciting guests to come up. Um, next week's guest is really exciting for me. I've got the head sommelier of Key, one of Australia's top restaurants. Yeah, I'm talking Key, the Peter Gilmore restaurant in Circular Key. I will be setting up in their venue, talking with Shante, all things wine, fine dining, her career, and I cannot wait. Um, looking forward to that. And just thank you all, guys. I'm so grateful. Take care.